everybody. Welcome to another edition of the NHL Trade Talk Podcast, Episode 5. My name is Jim Parsons. I'm here with NHLTradeTalk.com and the Hockey Raiders. And this show is all about the Calgary Flames. Not just about Johnny Gaudreau leaving the Calgary Flames and going to the Columbus Blue Jackets, but about news of Matthew Kachuk. What's happening with the Calgary Flames club-elected arbitration for Kachuk? Does that mean he's going to sign long-term? Does that mean he's going to be traded? We're going to talk about all of that. Brooke Laferno from the Hockey Raiders is going to be with us to discuss this. This whole episode is going to be focused on the Calgary Flames, mostly on Matthew Kachuk. Uh, Don't forget, if you want to listen to this podcast, we appreciate when you do. Please download, subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review. Let us know what you think and let us know what you want us to talk about because we'll do that. And we're going to be running through the entire summer while most podcasts take a break and go on a little vacation here. We're going to keep strolling on through here, giving you guys some content to listen to as hockey fans. And hopefully uh, you guys stay tuned with us throughout the year too. So enjoy episode five. And this is all about the Calgary Flames, Matthew Kachuk, Johnny Gaudreau. Here we go. Hey there, everybody. Uh, welcome back to another episode of NHL Trade Talk, the podcast. My name is Jim Parsons. I'm here with the Hockey Raiders, NHLTradeTalk.com. As always, I'm here with Brooke Laferno. Brooke, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing okay. Uh, we chose an interesting day to record this podcast because literally hours before we decided to do this, the Matthew Kachuk news hit the hockey wire like a storm. So we knew something was up. It's been... A long time coming, there's lots of speculation and buzz and there's trade talk and it's been that way for a while with Kachuk, but this arbitration stuff uh, really had it all hit the fan today. So we're going to go through that. We'll talk a little bit, we'll be focused mostly on the Calgary Flames because we're going to talk Matthew Kachuk. We'll talk a little bit about Johnny Gaudreau leaving and going to Columbus. Um, First things first though, how surprised are you? And I'll walk people through exactly what's happening here with Kachuk, but just first reactions, how surprised are you? that this Matthew Kachuk stuff has hit as hard as it's hit just days after the Johnny Gaudreau news. Not surprised. He hasn't signed up to this point. So it kind of felt like something was up um, on Kachuk's case. And I don't think seeing Gaudreau leave helped the case since they were line mates and they were successful together. So I'm kind of not surprised that it's kind of looking like this right now, but I guess it's still shocking for the hockey world, considering he's been the face of the Calgary Flames with Gaudreau for a bit now. So it's kind of hard-hitting news, I think, for hockey right now. Yeah, so for people who aren't caught up in this and are listening to this, stumbling across this podcast for the first time and are under a rock when it comes to the Matthew Kachuk news, here's what's basically happened. So uh, he could have filed for his own arbitration case because he was arbitration eligible, but he chose not to. And the reason was, essentially, he just wanted um, the ability to accept the qualifying offer, one-year deal, and walk himself into unrestricted free agency. So the Calgary Flames turned around the next day and filed for arbitration from their end. So the club has gone with their elected option for arbitration, which essentially to most people and the insiders we're hearing and the media that's covering this and whatever is pretty much one of two things, more likely the latter. One, that he signs a long-term deal with the Calgary Flames, probably an eight-year max deal. I'm assuming what they would have offered Johnny Gaudreau or two, they're going to trade him. And the buzz right now is that they're going to trade him. And the reason that he chose to forego arbitration and Calgary did it was because they wanted more time. Basically, their arbitration hearing that they've now set up 
it's going to happen sometime between, I think it's like July 27th and August 11th. So they have time to sort of work this out with him, either get that deal done or find a team that they can make a trade with and probably try to get some pieces back. So my first question for you is which way do you lean here? Do you think this is Kachuk signing long-term and Calgary working it out and giving him all the money that he could possibly handle and him taking it, or he's going to move on and probably go somewhere else. This sounds like a move on um, from Kachuk in my case. And I don't think it's his fault or Calgary's fault for that matter. I think it's just a, it sounds like a really just business decision or a personal decision on Kachuk's part. Um, When you look at it, when a team did what Calgary did basically to stop qualifying offers um, to go Kachuk's way to buy them more time to negotiate a contract. Usually when you handcuff players like that in a way where they can't really do anything, it's usually not a good sign. And it probably, I think, will make maybe Kachuk, if he's leaning more towards leaving, which sounds likely considering he they haven't really negotiations, haven't really gone good. It doesn't sound like so far. Um, usually when you handcuff players like that, it usually means uh, that might not turn out very good if Kachuk feels like he's being cornered. So yeah, I feel like the situation doing what Calgary just did, I think maybe might hurt their chances a little bit there. Um, so I kind of see Kachuk leaving at this point. It doesn't sound very good. Yeah. I'd be interested to be a fly on the wall in that, that room, because we don't know if Kachuk has in fact informed the Calgary flames that he doesn't expect to sign long-term and he probably never was going to. And so now they're going, okay, well, we don't really have an option. If you're not going to sign, we're not going to let you walk in an unrestricted free agency if we give you a qualifying offer of $9 million. The fact that Calgary elected to go arbitration, which means if they get there and it's settled, they're going to give him more than $9 million. This isn't about the money. Calgary doesn't care about the money. That they want is a player who's either going to lock in long-term or they want to get assets back for the player if he's not. They don't want Kachuk on a one-year deal because it, it opens up a huge window of possibilities, all of which probably end badly for the Calgary Flames, right? If you get into the season and you try to trade them, the window of who you can get and what you can get back goes down. If you wait till the trade deadline, then there's a lot of limited teams that are interested in him at his salary and what are they contenders or are they not contenders? At the beginning of the year, everybody figures they're in line for it outside of maybe a handful of teams. Um, If you get into the summer, then he can just leave, right? And you don't want what happened with Gaudreau to happen again. You don't want what happened with Giordano to happen again. I mean, Calgary has lost a lot of people for nothing. And they just simply can't do that. So that's what they're doing here. But I am curious. Did he have this conversation with them and say, look, I'm not signing long-term. So let's work this out. Let's do what we've got to do. Uh, if it means moving me, then move me. If it means accepting I'm going to sign one year, then just give me the money. Um, or if, like you said, have they backed him into the corner? Did Calgary feel as though he had all the leverage and he was negotiating uh, for the betterment of himself. And then they're like, well, we, we got to do something. We got to get the ball back in our court somehow. This is the only way we can do it. Now we have an extra couple of weeks to kind of go through this and do it. But everything that I'm hearing, Eric Francis from Sports Sets was talking about it. Uh, Sarah Valley from Daily Faceoff was talking. They all think this is leading to a trade. In fact, Eric Francis said on ESPN's radios today, he thinks it's going to happen within the week. He's assuming that they're going. Now, one, do you agree with that? Do you think this happens that quickly? And two, do you have any inclination as to where you think he'll go? Um, do you know what? I I actually do see this happening quickly. Honestly, if it's come to this point, then they're probably just hoping to just get something for him. And I don't blame Calgary if they're thinking that way. You don't want to lose Kachuk for nothing. He's a good player. Um, so yeah, I definitely see him. 
I see it happening pretty quickly here. St. Louis is interesting, though. Um, I do see it, though, being a U.S.-based team for sure. I don't know if there's something weird there with um, U.S.-based players maybe wanting to come back. I don't know what that really is about because Goudreau was kind of the same way. I don't know. But, yeah, I can see this happening pretty quickly. And we've seen a lot of stuff happen pretty quickly over uh, the last two weeks, especially at the trade deadline. That Pacioretty thing came together pretty quickly. The Brent Burns thing came together pretty quickly. So we'll see. Yeah, it's it's interesting because the filing for arbitration means that he can't get an offer sheet. So no team's going to come in. They have all this time between now and July 27th or whatever date their hearing is set for to figure this out prior to that. But if an offer sheet were made and they match it, they couldn't trade him. They can only get a one-year offer sheet. He becomes a UFA. So they had to avoid that. That was just absolutely, they couldn't have that happen. But they needed a situation where they had some sort of room to maneuver. I'm assuming that this has to get done. If they're trading him, has to get done before that hearing because mm-hmm. they don't want to go in there and have an arbitration award of one year and then go, okay, well, we've got him locked in for a year. I don't know if that changes what St. Louis might think. He is only 24. If St. Louis is the team that's in on him, will they go, yeah, okay, well, we'll say he's got the one-year deal and then we'll look to extend him right away. Or do they want to sign him for eight years right off the hot, right? Trade for him, have a deal done. Uh, and know it's in the bag that when he comes over that he's going to sign with you and that you've had that conversation. I would assume that any trade would be a you know, conversation had with the acquiring team going, is he signing here? Is he not signing here? Because if he's mm-hmm. not signing here, we're not really interested, especially if you're St. Louis and you're looking at giving up somebody like a Jordan Cairo. You're not doing that if you don't think Matthew Kachuk is sticking around, right? I'm with you though. I think it's a U.S. thing. On your wondering why, my guess is it. I mean, it's probably something to the whole COVID travel restrictions, all that stuff, being closer to family, um, everything else that goes with it. But yeah, we've heard a long time that he's wanted to go to St. Louis. And I'm assuming more teams are going to be in on this than just the Blues. But I would also assume that they're probably the favorites. How many teams do you think out there would be like legitimately interested in a Matthew Kachuk? Because he's looking at at least 9.5 to 10.5 million per season on an eight year deal. He's a really solid player. He's skilled. He's pesty. He's fast. He can hit and drive you crazy. He's the kind of guy you want playing for you. You hate playing against him. But I don't know if the 104 point season that he just had is going to be the only one he ever has. Um, You have to consider that that top line in Calgary together is probably the reason those guys scored so much apart who knows what's going to happen how many teams do you think are actually legitimately going to be in on this I don't think a lot if I'm being honest because the salary cap crunch is big right now we saw it on the draft floor the salary cap only rose by 1 million so teams are getting real kind of scared to take on big contracts even if it is for a great player like Kachuk St. Louis though is interesting because they don't have a ton of cap space they only have about 600 grand right now to go off of so I don't know how they would make that work I know it's possible but that seems like a lot of finagling um I think it'd be hard for a contending team to take him on, even though it's probably more reasonable to do that. But I could see someone maybe like Anaheim. They got some cap space to work with. They might be in on that. He might do well on a team like that who's young and up and coming. Kachuk is still very young. So I don't see his options, honestly, being very big. And it's not his fault. I just think it's because the salary cap has teams kind of worried. And we saw that too. Teams are less likely right now to give out big contracts. They don't want to be stuck in the salary cap, even if they do have cap space. So I don't really see a whole lot of teams, but I do think he'll have options for sure. But yeah, I don't see it being a huge market. Yeah. St. Louis is going to be interesting because they look like they were setting up. I wrote an article about it on NHL trade talk, thinking that 
St. Louis is already positioning themselves for this and have been for a while. I don't know if they thought that would come right now and the opportunity to acquire him this week or next week mm-hmm. would be there. But mm-hmm. I think they were planning on making a pitch for him uh, if he did sign a one-year qualifying offer or, or walk himself down. I think they were all in and they could move the money. If it's Kyra, it's going out the one way. He's the $2.8 million cap. It is an RFA. Uh, Calgary will have all the money in the world to sign him on a long-term deal. And then there's already Tarasenko. We know that they're trying to shop him. He's seven and a half million. So I don't know what that trade looks like. Kairu Tarasenko, Kachuk coming the other way. Maybe St. Louis doesn't care about Tarasenko. Maybe they're just trying to get Kachuk and say, you know what, if we got to throw in Tarasenko with a Kairu trade, then we'll do it. Give us another piece and the smaller pieces, you know, figuring out that deal. But St. Louis certainly can move the money. Um, It's just whether or not Calgary is like, okay, well, we'll take both. They have the room now, right? If you lose Kachuk, and you lose Goudreau, you've lost, what, 20 million bucks that you were about to spend on those two players? So now you're replacing it with nine and a half, ten million dollars $10 million for Tarasenko and Cairo, and then you can get Cairo on a long-term deal if he's willing to sign. So I see the pot- potential of this actually happening. Now, I'm curious to see what other teams kind of make a swing, you know, and would you dare if you're kind of like, well, we don't know. Is he going to St. Louis? Like, is that ultimately where he wants to wind up? Because if it is, what are we doing this for, right? I have heard an Ottawa connection as well, an Ottawa connection to Kachuk, because his brother, obviously, Brady, is there, and they do have the cap space. I have heard that connection. I don't know how much that makes sense right now, because they got to brink it. I don't know. We'll see. But that's another one I've heard, too. Yeah, and what would go the other way? I have no idea, right? Because Ottawa's got, like, a legit top six now. Mm -hmm. They've got a very solid uh, group of forwards there. Um, they've got the cap space, uh, right now, but look at what their top six is. They've got Brady Kachuk, uh, Josh Norris, Clojure, Alex Debrinkit, Drake Batherson, um, Tim Stutzla. I mean, they add Matthew Kachuk to that mix. Holy moly. Right. They do need a defenseman badly though. So I don't yeah, know if do. they would move one of those top six forwards, uh, replace it with Kachuk and see what happens. But yeah, you're right. Brady's signed in there for long-term now he committed to Ottawa and he's going to be there for a while. So if the brothers care and if they want to play together, then maybe, maybe Ottawa is an option there, but yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Like we're going to have to keep our eyes and ears open on this one. I think all week, because it's probably going to be St. Louis that gets talked and thrown out there the most, but I'm very curious to see what Calgary tries to get out of this because they, they don't want the picks. Like had they wanted the picks, they would have left the offer sheet on the table. Right. Because if you're pitching for Matthew Kachuk and you're giving them, eight and a half, nine and a half, 10 million. You're getting at least what three, four different picks, possibly four first round picks. If you pay over 10.5 million in an offer sheet, like if you wanted the picks, you'd go that route. You just let somebody like St. Louis come in and offer sheet them for 10 and a half million and then just not match. Right. And they go, okay, well we'll take the four first round picks, but they don't want that. They want a player. They want somebody who can kind of replace the two that are going out. They're never going to be as good, right? Calgary's pooched here. Like that's just the reality of the situation but they got to try to make up some sort of ground here because losing those two guys on their top line and being left with only Elias Lindholm. I don't know. <laughs> like how, how big of a dip could Calgary take here? Do you think like, are we talking yeah. full rebuild now? No, I don't think full rebuild. I st- I think they got pretty good depth, but that's hard to make up Goudreau and Kachuk production for sure. You'd have to trade for a top six forward and teams don't want to, don't have a hard time giving up those top six forwards. Like I said, to bring it, I don't see them parting with to bring it for Kachuk. They just got him. So it's yeah, that's tough. I don't think they're in a rebuild though. I think they're still a pretty good team, but I, they're just going to have a very hard time making that up for sure. And I don't know where that's going to come from. 
Well, if they do not get a player who can fit into their top six, preferably on their top line, I do think Calgary's looking at a rebuild because, man, you lose two-thirds of that line. Best probably first line in hockey last year. Mm-hmm. If they're both gone. What are you going to do? Like, mm-hmm. you you can't do piece four or five pieces together that are subpar and think that that's it's just not going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know. Like, if they can't replace... Like, if you get a Cairo on this team and then you go out and you sign you know, a Nino writer or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now you're back in the game, but if you don't and you can't get that piece from St. Louis or whatever the team trades for Kachuk, I don't know. It's going to be scary. Um, let's switch gears. We'll keep our eyes on that one. If it, the trade happens, obviously we'll do another show. We'll talk about it, but let's talk Johnny Gaudreau a little bit. Cause I am very curious about what you think happened here. So he goes to Columbus. Um, he was rumored to maybe be interested in Philadelphia. Philadelphia did not make an offer because they decided salary cap wise it just wasn't wasn't worth it. New Jersey did make an offer, and we're hearing in the neighborhood of about ten point two million per season for seven years. And from what Gaudreau said on Spit and Chicklets, whether it was today or yesterday, he said, "Yeah, I was working on that deal with New Jersey." And then around four o'clock, Columbus called, and he told his agent immediately, "Yep, that's the team I want to go to make it work." And within an hour. They worked it out. So he ends up taking a deal for 9.75. He leaves, I don't know what it is, three or four million on the table over those seven years to go to Columbus, but he leaves 18-ish million off the table in Calgary. He chooses not to go to sign in Calgary. And he says that he wanted to be closer to home. He doesn't go to New Jersey where he thought he was going to go. He winds up in Columbus. So first, what do you think about the fact that he's in Columbus? Shocking, not so shocking now that you've had some days to digest what happened yeah. here? I still think it's pretty shocking, um, to be honest. That's one team I didn't expect. But like I said, you got to look out for the sleeper teams that come out of nowhere and then just shock you for sure. Um, But I'm happy, like I said, for Columbus. They needed a star player. It's good for them. But, yeah, I still am very shocked by that. But he'll probably fit in pretty well. He seemed like he really has a genuine love for Columbus and the team. So I guess if you're a free agent, yeah, that's really all you need. So, But, yeah, that's still a very shocking one to me. But. Happy yeah, for their market. <laughs> the more I hear him talk, the more I think that he had like legitimately in his head logical reasons to do what he did. We all were mm-hmm. like super shocked by it. But then you hear him talk and you say, yeah, I wanted to be closer to home, but not so close to home that everybody would bother me all the time. Right. Yeah. I didn't want my friends and family hounding me every day for tickets, this or that coming to my house. Like you get that. We can all relate to that. Right. You want to be close to your family, but not that close. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that makes sense to me. He liked the city, talked to people about it. Uh, he didn't really know the city very well, but everybody he said he talked to more and more people were into it. Uh, got him excited about it. Right. Uh, it's, it's not a huge city. It's not a dangerous city. Uh, there's lots there that you can do if you're starting a family and it's not, you're not going to be inundated with people all the time, just hounding you, hounding you, hounding you. And I don't know Goudreau, but he, from what we understand, he seems like the kind of person who probably doesn't want to be the center of attention everywhere that he goes. So mm-hmm. uh, it probably makes sense. It's a good fit, right? There's a lot of reaction in Calgary though, to this. Now, obviously if Kachuk goes to Calgary's going to feel like they got hit with a couple Mike Tyson blows, but who do you blame here? Cause I've seen both. I've seen people say this is on Calgary for letting it get to this point. This is on Goudreau for not letting them know until the very final moments, the 11th hour that he just wasn't coming back. Do you hold anybody responsible here? No, I actually don't. Um, I think it's kind of just part of the business and sometimes business can be sleazy on both sides, but it's kind of reminds me of like when the whole Freddie Freeman, I'm talking baseball now, but Freddie Freeman, um, when he was going through his negotiations, when they said, it's not really, it's just 
tough business, you know, it's, it's just hard. So I don't really blame either of them. I think they both had their reasons and it's a hard, you can't calculate these things. They just kind of change on the dime. They could have thought Goudreau was staying, could have been convinced he was, and then it just changed. So I don't blame either of them. I just think it's just tough business decisions, not really personal. It's just is what it is. Yeah, I understand why people in Calgary are upset. You lose one of your favorite players. You lose one of your best players. I get it. Like, But to say that he screwed them over or he stabbed them in the back, I'm not on board with that. I, don't, mm-hmm. I can't wrap my head around how anybody would think that he, when he says, because he has said this, that he didn't know if he was going to stay in Calgary or leave Calgary until the very, very last minute. It was the night before free agency opened that he finally decided after talking to his family and his wife and everything that they just weren't going to come back. And he didn't know that. Right. And why would he know that? And especially if you're leaving $18 million on the table, you got to at least consider that that's a reason to stick around. He says he loved Calgary. It wasn't about leaving Calgary. It was about going somewhere closer to home and about being in a different city and different environment. Um, I believe him when he says that he, you know, was legitimately thinking about the Calgary flames as an option until he wasn't. Why would you expect? And I, yeah, like I said, I get the emotions, but people saying, oh yeah, he should have let them know. So they could have traded him. They weren't going to trade him. Like there was no situation unless it was last year in the off season before they knew if they were going to be any good because Calgary did not know going into the last season that they were going to be the leading team in the Pacific division that they might've traded him then. If they knew what they know now about Matthew Chuck, that he wasn't sticking around, they might've traded him then, but there's mm-hmm. no way before the trade deadline, no way during the season when Calgary's at the leading, leading the Pacific, they're going to the playoffs. They're not trading a drill. Like it's not happening. You're not getting pennies on the dollar for him at the deadline. You're not doing any of that. So people are like, Oh, you should have traded him. Should They weren't going to trade him. It just wasn't at that point moment in time, it wasn't happening. So you can't really blame anybody. It's just a crappy situation. And yeah, maybe you can look back and go, okay, Calgary should have seen this coming. Maybe, but that's the lesson they're learning now, right? That's why they're talking about the Matthew Kachuk trade now. And they're probably going to trade them because they know they can't keep having this happen over and over and over again. But we can say this about anybody. If you know that Austin Matthews is headed to the U.S. when he's done in Toronto, if you know McDavid's going to Toronto when he's done in Edmonton, if you know this, you know that, then you trade those guys a year out, right? So you get what you can get for them if you think they're not sticking around. And I think Calgary thought he was staying. I think Goudreau thought there was a really good chance he was staying. So I don't know why you would get so bent out of shape about this. I get it hurts. It sucks. And Calgary's going to be a not as good a team now. I just don't know how you can lay this all on Johnny Gaudreau and say that he turned around and just backstabbed everybody. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Would you, who do you like, do you blame, do you blame the Calgary guys? Like not seeing this coming? Do you kind of go, you know what, this is probably something that they should have known could happen. I mean, I think as business um, owners, like you should know that there's a possibility when you're a free agent that it could go either way. There's a possibility there. But I do think because Goudreau did say that he didn't know until the day before that he was going to leave that, you know, there was no way for Calgary to know that. Like I said, they were probably talking and he thought, okay, I'll think about it. Who knows? Like, I think they thought, I really truly believe if they thought that Goudreau was going to leave, they would have tried um, to move them earlier. But I really don't think they got that impression, like you said. And it didn't seem like Goudreau had that impression until the final minute. So those things just change on a dime. It just is what happens in this league. So, yeah, I don't agree with the Goudreau backstabbing either. I don't think that was his intention at all. Um, it just kind of came together the way it did. Um, but like you said, it's it's a hard business move. And 
Gaudreau is the face of that team and it's hard to lose the face of your team uh, to another team. So yeah, I don't, I don't blame Calgary that much. I know it's hard and maybe they're thinking now, oops, maybe should have seen it coming, but I truly don't think they did. So I can't hold them accountable for that. Cause I do think they would have done something if they truly thought that. Okay. I have an interesting question then for you. So if you're looking, cause Gaudreau is the only one that this sort of happened to, right? If Kenny Malkin was going to leave signed mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh for the forwards, Forsberg was probably going to leave stays in Nashville. So Johnny Gaudreau is the only one who left, right? There was all this talk in Pittsburgh. It had a Guinea Malkin left and signed with another team. Who gets the blame there? Pittsburgh or Malkin? Oh, I actually would go uh, Malkin. Okay. If, if Forsberg leaves Nashville, who gets the blame Nashville or Forsberg? That I would actually blame on Nashville. It's, See, it's, it's weird, right? Yeah. There's really, it's, it's so up in the air and it's yeah. so different depending on the situation and what you're doing. See, like to you, I'm the opposite of you. If, if, if getting Malkin leaves Pittsburgh, I blame Pittsburgh because I don't know why you wouldn't want Malkin at four years at this much money. And he didn't want the stars in the moon. He just wanted to stick around and they wasn't asking for a ridiculous amount of money and they could have given it to, and they chose not to, right? They ended up getting it done, but that's where that was at in the final hours, and it got done. Everybody was super emotional about it. If you leave <laughs> Malkin out in the wind and he retires in another team's jersey, I blame Pittsburgh for that, right? Yeah. Forsberg, I blame if he leaves Nashville. And when I say blame, I don't like actually blame the guy for doing what he thinks is best for himself, but I say he wanted too much money. Nashville tried. Nashville couldn't get it done. Forsberg wanted the big, big home run, right? Um, or just wanted to go somewhere else. So I would have looked at Forsberg and said, well, he probably just wasn't willing to play ball. Nashville probably gave him a really good offer and he didn't want it looking at something else. I it's, it's so weird, right? Cause you don't know, you don't know those conversations. You don't have a clue what people were thinking and what they were telling them. And everybody's situation is different. Like Malkin just clearly wanted to stick around in Pittsburgh and he wanted to feel valued. Forsberg wanted the same deal or better than everybody else had in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Right. That was the reality of their situations. Goudreau, simply wanted to go near his home. He just didn't think that Calgary was going to get that done for him. He wanted to be around his family. Didn't want to have to travel so much. Everybody's different. Everybody's situation is different and it hurts. And when you're in Calgary, it's a bummer, but you're Columbus, you're elated right now. Cause you didn't even think you had a shot at this guy. And all of a sudden you've got him, right? Mm-hmm. So it changes the whole thing, but it is so interesting, right? To know that these guys have just different agendas and what's what, but I'm curious. So let's uh, let's make a quick bet here. How we do you think this Kachuk thing gets done in the next few days? Are, are we talking to... about this deal is like done in the bag? It's just a matter of the details between St. Louis and Calgary, or do you think there's a lot more talking that has to go on here? I said it would happen pretty quickly. I do think since they're up to this point, so I'll say yes. I will bet that it's going to happen pretty quickly. St. Louis, though, I'm still. I don't know if it's going to be St. Louis, but I do think a deal will get done in the next few days. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think it gets done before the 27th. I'm curious to see when they schedule this hearing for, because uh, there is a good two weeks almost there, right, that they have that window to do something. But if it is St. Louis, it, I think it's just a matter of crossing the T's and dotting the I's and going, okay, well, we knew we wanted them. They know you want them. Uh, there's really no leverage to play here. These are the two sides that want it done. You guys have the pieces to move. We're interested it's just going to be interesting to see if Calgary shops them around and to how many people, right. What teams mm-hmm. are interested in it and whether or not he says, cause he he's an RFA, but he has got like all the leverage in the world 
because all he has to do is even remotely hint that he doesn't want to go anywhere but St. Louis and everybody bows out, mm-hmm. right? Why would you sign this guy or trade for this guy if you know that he's not sticking around and he's going to wind up in St. Louis? So it just it eliminates all the possibilities of all the teams. So he's either going to have to say he's open to going to a number of different places and he's interested for other teams to get in on this, or if he says, hey, it's St. Louis or bust, it's St. Louis. Like there's just no, I don't know how else you get around it. So it'll mm-hmm. be very, very interesting to see what happens. Um, we're still watching the UFA market. Nothing's really happened since the last time we recorded, you know, Nas and Kadri still out there. Um, you know, Niederreiter's still out there. John Klingberg's still out there. Those are the big names. It, it came to like a dead halt, you know, as soon as we finished that last show, what do you think's happening? Just quick run throughs. What do you think is happening with Kadri? Where does he wind up? I don't think it's going to be Colorado. I know they said Colorado's in the mix, but I don't think he's going to end up there. I have heard Detroit as a team. That could be in on him. But now I'm starting to think that Calgary might be in on him if they're going to lose Kachuk, especially if they're going to lose Kachuk on top of it. I think Calgary makes a lot of sense for Kadri. They got the money and they got the opportunity, so I think that makes sense. But I don't think it's going to be Colorado, unfortunately. I think Calgary makes a play here. Um, I also think Colorado is probably an option. The only reason I say that is because there's something about – now. For all we know, he's already signed in Long Island and Lamarillo is just keeping it a secret, right? Like, yeah. that's what he mm-hmm. loves to do. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that's what's happening. But I think the longer that this plays out, the more there are teams that just didn't give him the offer he was looking for. He got all these interests, the bites and nothing reeled in, right? So if that happens, I think he looks back at Colorado and goes, okay, well, this big home run I wanted to hit, you know, maybe Seattle could have paid for me, but they didn't choose to. Uh, I'm not going to Arizona. Yeah, I know all these options that he could have done and they're not quite there. Colorado just needs to make one trade. If we see a trade coming out of Colorado, we pretty much know Codgers is done deal. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But if not, yeah, I have no idea. This could take a while, right? This mm-hmm. could be really something. What about John Klingberg? What do you think happens with him? I heard that Dallas picked up talks again with him after it went, after it stalled, but I don't see him returning to Dallas either. Um, I heard from Elliot Friedman that the Hurricanes were kind of in on him. So I'm kind of seeing if there's any merit to that, let's say. Um, I think the Kraken kind of make a lot of sense. I heard the Kraken were interested in him. I think that makes sense. They need a defenseman. But I think it could also make sense maybe for Ottawa, too, as they need a defenseman, as we talked about. So we'll see. But like I said, I don't think it's Dallas. But there's something weird there that it's still held up. I don't know if maybe the term he's asking for is a little complicated, but we'll see. Yeah, I, if it's Dallas, I'd be surprised too, but maybe a shorter term deal just so he can give some more time to do this again. Mm-hmm. Um, Seattle was the team I really thought was going to be in there. I've heard Ottawa too, just because they needed a defenseman so badly. But Seattle was supposed to be playing for him immediately, and that hasn't happened yet. So that makes me think that it's out. Either they're being really stingy with the money or they just weren't interested. So I'm not sure. Uh, any other names that you're watching? I mean, there's not a whole lot left out of the market, is there? I am watching Phil Kessel because I'm surprised he hasn't gotten picked up. I think he's still a he's still a solid forward that I think teams would like to have, even though I know he's older. So I'm interested to see where he's going. I still got my eyes on him. I know a lot of people, since I'm a Blackhawks writer, think he might be a good fit in Chicago. So who knows? So I'm seeing I'm interested to see where he goes. Yeah. Well, he could, you know, we talked about it on the last show. Chicago has this game plan that they're signing people on short-term low-cost deals that they could trade. If Phil Kessel comes into Chicago and he has a wonderful season, they can trade him, right? They can move him at the deadline to a team that's like, holy crap, okay, 
he's back to his 25, 30 goal place. Let's, let's put him in this lineup for a couple months and see what happens. Uh, it costs us nothing, right? It's a fourth degree, fourth round draft pick to get him right. Great move for Chicago. If they do it. So I could see that happening. Absolutely. Um, last thing we're going to talk about this probably on the next show, assuming Kachuk doesn't get traded here in the next few days, but I want your quick reaction, 30 seconds to a minute. Pierre-Luc Dubois, we're going to probably focus on this one on the next show because this thing is so dramatic, it needs its own show. But yeah, what what is happening here with him? Like, Do you think that all this talk of him working his way and his agent trying to get him to, to Montreal, is there anything to this? Like, Is this even happening, or does Winnipeg go, you know what, whatever, screw you, dude. Like, We're, we're only going to trade you if we feel like we want to trade you. I do, yeah, I do believe there's mutual interest um, with Dubois and the Canadians because I know that um, they did try to get him previously and it didn't work out. Um, but yeah, I think I do think there are bones there for sure. I do think that his agent is trying to pick the Habs. I think he's trying to force the Canadians to make a deal here. So um, yeah, I do think there's something there, but we'll keep that for the next show. Yeah, I am curious to see how much Winnipeg because we. And Edmonton here went through that with Jesse Pugliarvi. His agent, the player, said, well, I want you to move us. And Ken Holland just said, no, like, I'll look at it. If it works for me and there's a trade out there to make it, I'll make it. If it doesn't, I'm just going to wait. And he wound up going back to Finland, come back. Now, I'm not saying Dubois is going to do any of that. He wants to go to Montreal. He wants to play. But it looks like he's trying to position himself to Montreal. But I don't see why the Jets would even hurry that up. Like, it's like, we don't have to do nothing, right? Mm -hmm. We'll wait and we'll trade you when the pieces are right. But I'm curious because I think if Montreal is interested here, I don't think they're trading Caulfield. I don't think they're trading mm-hmm. Suzuki, but I don't know if they'd be willing to trade Kirby Doc right after they acquired him. So wouldn't that be something? You guys land oh, a guy gosh. or they, they move him and then he gets moved again. That'd be something else. But we'll talk about that on the next show because I have a feeling that there's mm-hmm. going to be a lot more chatter about that in the next mm-hmm. uh, few days. I'm going to be gone here um, for the next uh, week and a half, but I should be around. I'll make sure I'm available. If this trade does go down, we'll, we'll hop on quickly and just do a, a show about the reaction and your thoughts and who and what, and all of the little details about it so that the listeners can, um, can tune in and see what's going on. And uh, for everybody else, appreciate it. We're going to be uh, picked up here now by the hockey Raiders too. They're going to, they're going to put our show on their network and, and broadcast this out to everybody. So help us out. Uh, Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating. We greatly appreciate it. Download, subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, For Brooke and myself, it's been another edition of NHL Trade Talk, the podcast. And we will talk to you again soon, maybe sooner than later, assuming Matthew Kachuk gets traded here. Uh, Brooke, thanks a lot. (laughs) 